0: Hello, and good morning. This is Emily Austin, and you are listening to Faithfully Memphis, and we are a podcast from the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee and each week we come here to our little studio WYXR and Crosstown Concourse happy third birthday to WYXR they just celebrated their third birthday here in Memphis and that means we just celebrated our third year of Faithfully Memphis Jeez Louise. Bishop Phoebe and I were just talking the other day about how it seems like a it seems like maybe twenty years ago and also twenty minutes ago that we started this show. And, and yeah, here we are in 2023. And we're still doing it. And we've got some changes to the show that we are really, really, really excited to show early next year. But yeah, there are going to be some changes coming to the show that we are tremendously excited about. And we're excited to show you guys that coming up in a few months, a few months, that'll probably end up feeling about like 20 minutes. But yeah, so stay tuned for that. But Today, we're going to be in our same format, and we're starting out with the saint of the day, and these are people who have lived extraordinary lives and done things uh, quietly, sometimes loudly, but sometimes quietly, um, and just been that, and and just been that presence for God and showing uh, the world in their own way how, what it looks like to live a life of faith that is true to um, the vision of God. And so today it is October, geez Louise, what is the date today? October the 12th, 2023. And we are honoring Edith Cavell. Cavell? Cavell? I looked up the pronunciation in a d- couple different spots and I heard different things, but I'm going to go with Cavell just because it, it's, I'm probably going to default to that either way um edith cavell was a nurse um who died in the year 1950 uh, but she was born the eldest of four children on december the 4th 1865 in a small village near norwich england where her father held a long tenure as the vicar and a vicar is just another word for a parish priest that's usually what they um, are referred to in england sometimes we hear it here in the united states too in our episcopal circles Edith received a classical English boarding school education and spent a period after her schooling serving as a governess in Brussels. And after caring for her father following um, an illness, Edith became a nurse at the London Hospital in 1896. In addition to working at hospitals and infirmaries throughout England, Edith, Edith served as a private traveling nurse um, and she visited and cared for patients in their own homes which was the norm back in those days until fairly recently did um, uh, hospitals become a mainstay in the worldwide um, health care system in 1907 edith assumed a position as matron at the newly founded l'école belge infirmier diplômé I'm having to exercise those French bones this morning and it's rough y'all um, but that was known in English as the uh, Birkendale Medical Institute in Brussels and while she was serving as matron at the Birkendale Medical Institute Edith launched a nursing journal l'infirmier and taught nursing in many schools throughout Belgium and then of course if you're thinking about the timeline and what was going on at the time you're thinking in terms of World War 1. Well, when she was in Belgium, World War 1 broke out and she was in England at the time visiting family and that precipitated an immediate return to Belgium where she became um she started serving as a Red Cross nurse and following the German occupation of Brussels in 1914 Cavell began collaborating with others to shelter and smuggle allied soldiers out of Belgium and into the Netherlands. Motivated by deeply held Christian faith, Edith insisted on treating wounded soldiers on both sides of the war effort, which combined with her outspokenness against the war and the occupation, placed her in violation of German military law. She was arrested and On August the 3rd, 1915, and during her depositions to the German police, Edith confessed to smuggling more than 60 British and 15 French soldiers, as well as 100 French and British draftable citizens, or excuse me, civilians, out of Belgium and into neutral countries. So the evening before Edith was executed, she spoke to Father Sterling Gahan who was the Anglican prison chaplain, these words which are inscribed on her memorial near Trafalgar Square in London. Quote, Patriotism is not enough. I must have no hatred or bitterness toward anyone. End quote. And on the morning of her execution, she asked Pastor Paul Lesueur, the Lutheran prison chaplain, to ask, quote, Father Gahan to tell my loved ones later on that my soul as I believe is safe and that I am glad to die for my country. Edith Cavell was executed by the German government on October the 12th, 1915. Now, as I'm, you know, we've been doing Faithfully Memphis for three years now. Most of the time we do a saying of the Day. And I think that whether I'm covering these saints or Bishop Phoebe or any of the many other people who we've had on the show um, who choose to do a saint of the day, one of the things that I have noticed is that especially um, on our uh, Episcopal um, calendar, the folks who we commemorate um, don't necessarily their, their lives may not end as a result of their work and I think that we get used to the idea sometimes that in order to be a saint you have to die for your faith um and and their lives don't end in a tragic way all the time but I one of the things that I'm struck by is we're learning about um Edith Cavell today is that you know she she did not die you know for professing a Christian mantra she died for what she did and that was serving um uh Dead and uh, sick and dying, and wounded soldiers because it's the right thing to do. And I think, um, you know, we just celebrated, uh, I, I think that it was St. Francis of Assisi who said, um, preach the gospel and when necessary, uh, use words. Um, she didn't, you know, she held this faith in her heart, but definitely probably wasn't killed as a result of preaching the gospel with words. She died because she was preaching the gospel in her life. Um, We don't have to die for our faith, um, for Jesus to, uh, for his life to resonate with us. Um, I just want to leave us with that today. Um, Just that living a faith that is concurrent with what's in your heart is That's one of the biggest, that is one one of life's greatest uh, uphill climbs, but I think we can all do it. We just got to keep searching. So let's pray. Living God, the source of all healing and wholeness, we bless you for the compassionate witness of your servant, Edith Cavell. Inspire us to be agents of peace and reconciliation in a world beset by injustice, poverty, and war. We ask this through Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God to the ages of ages. Amen. All right, we'll be right back with Faithfully Memphis. WYXR is supported by Memphis Presents and GPAC, presenting Victor Wooten and the Wooten Brothers on Friday, November 3rd. The Wooten Brothers combine the talents of bassist Victor Wooten, Steve Miller Band keyboardist Joseph Wooten, guitarist Reggie Wooten, and drummer Roy Futureman Wooten. More information available at gpacweb.com. Support for WIXR is made possible by the 17th annual River Arts Fest, taking place Saturday, October 21st and Sunday, October 22nd on Riverside Drive in downtown Memphis. Two full days of fine arts and music for the whole family. Details available at riverartsmemphis.org.
1: Church Health's Memphis Plan continues its decades-long commitment to serving local musicians with comprehensive health care and also tailors its focus to small business owners and the self-employed. Health care through the Memphis Plan provides care in Memphis for Memphians. Related services include preventative health, optometry, dental care, and more. More information regarding availability at memphisplan.org or at 901-272-PLAN.
0: and we're back this is emily austin for faithfully memphis um and i meant to tell you guys right before i went to break uh when we were talking about saints and what it means to be honored and remembered as a saint that uh, in November, November the 3rd at 7 p.m. at the Barth House Episcopal Center, which is our community center and campus ministry on the campus of University of Memphis, there is going to be a lecture titled Saints as Evidence for God, and that is part of the Barth House Theological Society's fall lecture, lecture, and it is going to be delivered by the Reverend Robert McSwain, who is a Associate Professor of Theology at the University of the South, a.k.a. Sewanee. So um, go to our website, go find us on social media and to get all the information about attending that uh, lecture that's coming up on November 3rd at the Barth House. But anyway, um, I'm really, really excited and delighted today to have on a new friend, but someone who I think um, you're gonna love who who I've only you know spent maybe 30 minutes with but I, I'm already like okay this is a friend Justin Brooks hey Justin
1: hey hey thank you thank you for having me on
0: I'm glad to have you on um, Justin Brooks is a Jackson Tennessee native that came to Memphis in spring of 2013 and he attended the University of Memphis majoring in the College of Health Sciences and minoring with uh, business management and He eventually found himself um, at Christian Brothers University, where he currently serves as the director of the CBU Center for Community Engagement, Mm -hmm. and he also leads the CBU Reads, a.k.a. Memphis Reads, annual literacy program, and about a week ago, you know, speaking of the Barth House, we were, we um, um, all got together over at the Barth House to host a convocation of Mm -hmm. Uh, this year's Memphis Reads, um, do you want to talk, a, well, I don't want to get too much ahead of ourselves, but that was a really, really special time. This mm-hmm. this year, um, Memphis Reads is focusing on the book, His Name is George Floyd, and um, together with students at CBU and uh, University of Memphis and other community leaders in, uh, throughout Memphis, we came together um, to pray over that uh, citywide reading and that was a collaboration uh, that was really fueled by um, us getting to know Justin and getting re-linked at Christian Brothers University in a big way so anyway I just wanted to plug that because that was a really really special time and as someone who cares a lot about the Barth House and also cares about CBU as an alum it was just a really special beautiful thing to um, witness, but anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about my gooey feelings the whole time, Justin. I'm so excited you're here.
1: <laughs> Thank you again for having me. And small plug in: Go Bucks, Go Tigers. I'm yeah. a tiger now that wears a, an eye patch. I guess. I
0: saying. know. Yeah, I mean, the, I think that the same. Same. It's my kid. My kid is. Uh, a tiger, she has, you know, she's not in college yet, but she's, she went to campus school. Now she's at university of middle. And she's like, mom, can I just stay at university of Memphis throughout my entire, and I'm like, dang, yeah, that makes it easy on us. But <laughs> you know, if you do want to you know, branch out, go, go bucks go for bucks, sure. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, okay, Justin. So tell me the story. Like what, why, why community engagement? What brought you to where, you are now and what you're doing um i i get to wear that community engagement title as well Mm -hmm. and um but i know that it means something different for almost everybody who wears it so what does it mean for you and your life and and you know wearing multiple hats
1: yeah um it's it's a very interesting story you know it's one of those things um in in concept i Kind of explain and talk with, especially with my students. I say it's definitely a God thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I could not have planned this out, so uh, I should I start at the beginning?
0: Start at the beginning. I love a full story. Okay. Tell okay. us a story.
1: <laughs> so, um, I was in Jackson, Tennessee. Um, I was um actually my senior year. I was finishing up playing football, um, getting ready to make the next step, um, getting recruited at that time as well, mm-hmm. and um. Lo and behold I had a, a Friday night lights moment, right? And, yeah. and I got injured my senior season. So all those offers and stuff that went out the window and yeah. I ended up staying like a semester in Jackson and working at uh at Black and Decker yeah. ironically. So putting in those those hard hours and uh to anybody who wears um steel toe boots, God bless you. Yeah. Um, especially on concrete floors, God bless you. But I um you know, I, I'm waiting and kind of getting my life back to get on track. And I, I started thinking, I was like, I got to get into school somewhere. You know, I yeah. can't can't just stay home. So yeah. um, I ended up um, applying at the University of Memphis for spring 2013, uh, came down and started studying uh, health and human performance and yeah. looking deeper into that. And, and, you know, my original plan was like, okay, I'm going to go to PT. And the reason for that was because um, in rehabbing from my injury in senior season, my physical therapist at that time took such great care of me. And I was like, I want to help people like that, you know. And and this is also around the time, like, some of the major athletes were recovering. Um, I think Adrian Peterson at that time had went through um, an injury. He had came back and, like, rushed for, like, a running record in the NFL. And I was like, what if we could do that with just, like, everyday persons, you know, uh, that individual who may have got injured at uh, at the warehouse, right? And they come mm-hmm. back and all of a sudden they feel like Superman or, yeah. or Superwoman, for that matter, you know? And um, so I went to the University of Memphis. Uh, everything's going great. I'm having a great time there. Um, Did I, you I, come
0: to Memphis, like the, the main campus of oh University yeah. of Memphis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. At that yeah. time,
1: um, I, funny enough, they had just acquired that site in Jackson. I that remember used to be that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I remember that. And so, um, but yeah, I was down here. I was having a great time, um, learning a lot, meeting a lot of people. And I had gotten connected at some point throughout my my collegiate career uh, with the Grizzlies Foundation mm-hmm. and the, and the um, Team Up Mentoring yeah. Foundation. So yeah. shout out to them down there, uh, and Tiffany Morrow and, and that group of individuals. So um, I got connected with them. I ended up meeting some very impactful people, um, co-mentors, uh, staff that was there. And through that, I built a relationship with a gentleman who ended up offering my, me my first job. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's senior year at this point at the U of M. I'm like, what do I do next? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm stressing a little bit. I'm like, Ugh. you know, grad school and whatnot. But yeah. he comes to me maybe two weeks before graduation. He's like, you know, I got a job available. And I'm like, okay, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, around what year was this? This was, I
1: want to say, 2017. Okay. 2017, yeah. Yep. yeah. And so he comes to me, he's like, I, I got a job available. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. Um, he tells me it's an education policy and community organization. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, okay, you know. You're he's
0: like, oh, that sounds cool, yeah. but... Uh- <laughs> it's, you it's know, not my
1: degree you know I'm like okay alright but I'll give it a shot right
0: yeah. yeah he probably wouldn't have pitched it to you unless he thought yeah this is the right this is the right person for this
1: and thank God you know for for that discernment in that moment you know because um, it really just opened me up to a whole life that now I live now and and you know so many other people and beautiful partnerships and friendships like ours
0: yeah um yeah. i
1: would have never experienced this had we not taken the risk and said okay let, you know let's give it a shot but i gave it a shot um he hired me on i ended up serving um there for about a year and a half and and then went on and joined another non and mm-hmm. um eventually i made my way to cbu where i'm at now yeah and um i've been in community engagement ever since but i took a sharp turn you know i went Directly from like PT, and I was doing research in biomechanics, yeah, and, yeah. and all of a sudden it was just community engagement. But um, I'm a firm believer God doesn't make any mistakes, Mm-mm. you know. And so when I got into it, and the more and the more time I spent, uh, the more I got to interact with the communities, the kids, um, the people who are doing this work, whatever mm-hmm. facet or whatever place and hierarchy that they serve at. Um, Memphis and what I love about it. It's it's a city, right? But it feels like a town, like because everybody can talk yes. and know each other. And yeah, you speak five minutes, and you're like, oh, you know that person too, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, we 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 live in a city, but you know, we can play that game of degrees of separate that Kevin Bacon game, and yeah. and it's like you're usually about three steps away from any other person pretty much <laughs> it's inter- i remember um a couple weeks ago when we were on an email thread together about the convocation that was coming up at uh uh the Barthouse at the time and um i had had your card for a while because you know another another mutual mm-hmm. had handed me your card and said you need to talk to justin and then <laughs> life gets crazy and i'm like okay well it's been a few months but i'm i'm finally in conversation with justin and I remember on that email thread, I was like, hey, and P.S., um, just so you know, I am an alum of Christian Brothers, and um, if you had told me in 2004 uh, when I was about to, you know, when I was walking across that stage with my mm-hmm. little English degree and getting ready to go to Chicago to get my master's. So that I would, you know, get my PhD in medieval literature. Um, if you had told me then that, I, no, you are not going to do that. You are going to go to Chicago, but your career is not going to go the way that you think it will. And you're eventually going to be sitting where you're at now, working for the church in the mm-hmm. capacity that you are. I wouldn't have believed you, but it's like, the, it, it, it's it's what you said. Yeah. You know, when when it's it's vocational it's like god's yeah. gonna put you where you need to be i think that's one of the themes that we hear a lot on this show is that god's gonna do what he's gonna do yeah. and and sometimes that's hard mm-hmm. but sometimes it's awesome yeah so what how did what does it look like to do community engagement at cbu and how um does memphis reed memphis reeds fold into that and specifically talk about um how it was selected to do um his name is george floyd this year
1: yeah yeah so um you know as an as an alarm yourself you know um service and community that's just part of what we do every day and Mm -hmm. it was one of the reasons that really attracted me to cbu at first when i was first starting there as well um I remember my first steps on campus and everybody being so welcoming mm-hmm. and so community engagement has always been something that's been important there oh uh, it's just in this recent time we kind of try to take it up another level so yeah um, we centralized everything for the center for community engagement uh, thank God to uh, AutoZone and our other sponsors and and uh, funders throughout those measures as well uh, but
0: so does that mean like creating opportunities for students to get plugged into uh needs within Memphis or is that is that kind of because you know, community engagement can mean a lot of things, which right. I usually have to when people ask me what I do, I'm like, well you got thirty minutes. <laughs> but is that what that it kind of translates to at CBU?
1: Yeah, that and and you know, I always say um we, we try not to keep a ceiling on things, you know? Yeah. Um community engagement, especially now that I've been here and being ultimately my vision for our students and our community is that um, CBU is more active than Mm -hmm. we've ever been in getting out, especially into communities in which maybe we haven't spent as much time with. Um, But reaching out to those individuals, especially um, those organizations that are doing great work, um, they may be on a smaller scale and just may not have the capacity to yeah. brand a market or even, you know, the partnerships oh, to yeah. really get out there. But
0: that it's the C word capacity. It's hard. You. It's, yeah, it's hard.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, with community engagement, um, we lead at this point, maybe about six to seven programs. Yeah. Uh, we do everything from fellowships to um, we facilitate a community engaged learning courses with our faculty. Shout out to them. Yeah. Um, we do Memphis Reads, of course. Um, and of course, you know, a Buck Tradition. Um, buck serve uh, september of service those things still go on it's it's just now it's it's on a much more frequent basis Um, yeah i think this month alone maybe we've had 20 to 30 volunteer opportunities Mm -hmm. because you know again we want our bucks and and whatever that may mean as an alumni faculty staff student um, whatever you know Mm -hmm. come out be part of the community and have that in-depth experience because uh, I tell students I think back to my own experience often. Right? Yeah. Had I not gotten into the community, had I not made these relationships, yeah. right? I would have never been in this work, and and I would have right. never had a career per se. Right. And right. you never know who you may meet, especially when servicing others. You know.
0: Yeah, in college, and that time in our lives when people, you know, I I, I don't want to pigeonhole anybody, but usually when we're when we are in that. Uh, time in our lives, we're in our, you know, early adulthood a lot of the times, and there's not as much to lose. It's like, just go out there, put yourself out there, and explore. Um, For me, at the time that I was a student, many years ago, um, it was what was now, what was then called the Memphis Literacy Council, Mm -hmm. Um, now is Literacy Mid-South, but that was, I was like, I mean, I think that it was, I mean, this is, I really don't intend for this to turn into, like, a, a big booster for, for CBU, although it, it, like, I do love CBU, but I think that that was part of...
1: Please boost away, too, by I, the way. Well, I'm <laughs> going to
0: do it. It's just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, That was the... the. I I was an English major. I knew um, how important, not just literally, like... How much stories mean to me, mm-hmm. and the fact that we live in Memphis, where the greatest um, <laughs> there there is such a huge gulf between uh, the haves and the have-nots. Yes. and yes. that and that means literacy. Mm-hmm. There are there are people who, um, for a variety of reasons. Do cannot access just the written word. I agree. And for me, it was, well, what can I do if it just means meeting with a high schooler and hanging out and tutoring them and yeah. helping them through their homework to get them up to a reading level like that? That's that that lit a fire within me, and I know that during that time in my early adulthood, mm-hmm. where I was, I mean, I'll look back, I was still a kid, but it, 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 <laughs> Isn't it's- Isn't that co- funny
1: too, by the way? <laughs> I, I, I had the same experience it, going back to U of M. I was like, you know, geez, yeah. when I was there, I was like, oh, I'm an adult, you know, I'm learning, yeah. I'm on my own. Yeah. Now I've graduated, I come back and I'm like, wow. Yeah. I still had a ways to go.
0: Yeah, but anyway, that that's my digression, that 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 spirit of service mm-hmm. and that spirit, that spirit of curiosity, yeah. Is is very alive and well at Christian Brothers, which is a Sallian Catholic university, but um it is not, I don't think or at least in my experience, and I think that it's still this way now there, you're not um like if if that's not the way that you practice your faith, that's it's right. okay. I mean, yeah. It's 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 all about embedding yourself in the community but anyway i digress oh
1: i love it i love it and you know i appreciate you bringing up that because you know uh, a lot of people don't know this but like only maybe half our population yeah. if that of students and staff yeah practice catholicism you right. know we mm-hmm. have so many mixtures but everybody is welcome welcoming christian brothers because it goes back to you know our founder and yeah. you spoke on literacy right being one of those doorways i think that is so um, I was about to say, you know, your, your alumnus is showing through with your statement because when you, it makes me think back to the founder and his whole mission and our mission as a Lasallian school in the 80 across the world mm-hmm. um, is that, you know, education is a doorway to opportunity.
0: Yeah. And
1: he saw that in 1700 France and it's still the same now. You know, if you're able to empower yourself in your community through knowledge, through wisdom, through connections, right? Yeah. Um through those experiences of fellowship, especially in the presence of God, um, magical things can happen. And they yeah. can happen really fast. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's they can happen as fast as you meet a new person. True. And Very you true. engage in in deep conversation yeah. and in conversation that is um that dignifies the person sitting across with you mm. from you as uh a child of God, Amen. for lack of better words, Amen. you know, yeah. the spark is always there.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: And, and and that's how we get back to community engagement. You know, <laughs> yes. it's it's all about making connections.
1: It is. It really is. You know, it's, it's a quote I love. Um, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go far, go with other people. Yeah. And, you know, I think that is very key to any person, any place in their life. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're um, just an individual who's part of an organization and looking to add to it, or whether you're just um, looking to practice these things within your personal life, yeah. it, relationships are important. The way you treat people are important and the way that you make them feel, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my students often, you know, um, some people may meet you and forget your name, yeah, but they'll never forget the way you made them feel. That's right. You know?
0: Yeah. So, his name is George Floyd. Yes. And Memphis Reads. Talk. Can you talk about Memphis Reads and CBU Reads? And wh- like, what what is the what is the relationship between Memphis Reads and CBU Reads? Because I've kind of heard it both, and I don't. I'm not even really clear on whether it's a if they're separate entities, but I don't think that they are. Right?
1: It's actually you can kind of think of it as like a, a net, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Memphis Reads kind of being this. this overarching umbrella and then under mm-hmm. that CBU Reads and Rhodes Reads but yeah. um, from a historic background um, ironically Memphis Reads started from CBU Reads yeah. um, at some time back when it first started it was called Fresh Reads yeah. and um, it's something that we still practice at CBU every year when our freshman class comes in uh, we give them a book that we assign right as a committee and we make that decision as a committee from Memphis Reads and from the recommendations of our major institutions involved, such as Rhodes, U of M, um, CBU, um, Lemoine. On shout out to y'all, Southwest yeah, yeah. as well. Um, we are a
0: we are a dense, educated community. Yes. I, yes. I, I love that about Memphis. I do too. We but don't we don't think about it very much, but we we have a richness yes. of educational offerings here. So.
1: Yes, I love it. You know, everybody has a good niche. Um, but we we're dense in that and healthcare, you know, just opportunity. I, mm-hmm. I one of the things when I first started in this work was like, man, Memphis has like all the potential in the world. Yeah. Like like let's let's keep capitalizing on this. Yeah. yeah. But let me get back. Yeah, to yes, that. yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna turn my mic off. You are
1: fine. You are fine. <laughs> Look, so this is what happened. Um, we start off with fresh reads, right, and. Every year, we, uh, students get a, a book, and it serves kind of a two bases. The first basis and what has grown to Memphis Reads is that we want to build community through literacy, right? Yeah. Um, for our students at that campus basis, right, or, or that community campus basis, um, what that means for them is even though you may not be from Memphis or say you have ne- never met any other people in your freshman class, you all read the book. Mm-hmm. And hopefully through reading the book, through having conversations, through writing an essay, through CBU 101 and our introductory courses, mm-hmm. um, you meet friends, you know, that you'll grow with throughout college and you'll have those late night adventures at Crumpy's or, yeah. you know, going to Jack Purtle's for a cup of gravy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jack. Yeah. Uh, but that's where it started at, you know. And, and the other thing is that we wanted to help kind of create that bridge from whatever level of literacy you was reading in high school mm-hmm. to this more young adult collegiate age literacy in which you'll probably read not just at college but beyond such, right? Right, right. And so that's where it started at. Um eventually You know, as we do, and we have such a great time, we started connecting with everybody, right? And that grew, and and all of a sudden, Rose was involved, and U of M was involved, and Memphis Public Libraries, and National Civil Rights Museum. And and all of a sudden, it became this citywide thing, but the goal was still the same. How can we build community? How can we talk? How can we create solutions around the issues and topics which are reflected in the books we choose? that match our population our community our social economic being right mm-hmm. um and have those safe spaces those places where we can fellowship like at house, right yeah, yeah. where we can create those times and those in those places to talk you know um oftentimes I feel like we don't talk enough even though we do have this kind of town like feeling right yeah um, and when I say talk you know what you were saying earlier that depth right um more than just the, the the brief how are you and "Yeah, hope your day is going well. But, you know, how's your kids? What, what was the vacation like? You know, yeah. well, this is happening in my neighborhood. Do you, you know, have you ever experienced something like that? And if you have, do you have maybe a solution, or blueprint, something that we can follow and mm-hmm. share to create this solution across all communities, right? Yeah. And so this year, um we started off with this process Every year, maybe around December, January. It's a year round thing, y'all despite us kind of coming all together in yeah, October. Yeah. But um we started Yeah, this
0: off. community engagement thing, you gotta start way in oh, advance. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. oh yes. yes. Uh, always thinking. Always.
1: But it started off there. We we had quite a few choices. We had um Barbara Kingsolver was another author we thought about. Yeah. Um thought about Dr. Amani Perry with her book, um, South to America. Yeah. But eventually we landed on his name is George Floyd. And when we landed on that, it just, it was something about that selection, especially within the recent times. And um, my condolences to the Nichols family, but what has affected Memphis and that being so close to that right now? Um, we thought this was a great choice. We thought this was one of the things that, one, would again bring us together as a community to talk about these hard issues, but two, again was a reflection of our community a true reflection right
0: yeah and one of the other things that i think about a lot you know in, in you know speaking of you know, you have to think and we think out a lot in terms of timing yeah. is that um we are three years out from 2020 mm-hmm. and the you know the death of george floyd yeah. and and that whole hamburger of the year 2020 yeah, and I think it's important the fact that there are publications now that mm-hmm. have some it's important to read concurrent writing mm-hmm. that's happening at the time of social upheaval mm-hmm. but now we've had a little time to sit in this right. and sit in this new Normal, um, well, it's not normal, right. but that level of kind of awakening and just realization for a big swath of society that had not elevated uh, the the kind of just humanitarian grossness that we saw, in yeah. 2020. Yeah. We've had time to reflect on it now. Mm-hmm. And we've been living in it for 3 years. So, I really like the timing of choosing this book mm-hmm. for us to read together right when it starts to just fade from memory. It's right. like please don't forget. Please this don't. is this is still where we're at. Yeah. We th- th- in the year 2023, things We might have changed our minds in some ways. We might be seeing some things differently. Mm -hmm. But we're still living in a community and in an American society that is fraught with injustice Mm -hmm. and systems that are 100% stacked against um, black men, black Mm -hmm. women, um, people of genders that... Are not uh, male. Yeah. We have to continue yeah. to focus on those because that's the only way that you change a system to that's make true. it more equitable and to make it more, uh, and, and to try to see the beauty of each human being in the yeah. way that Jesus wants us to, and the, reason, the way that Jesus came to illuminate. So yeah, good choice. True. Good choice on that book.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you speaking on that. You know, it's it's so true, you know. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head of, of one of the major reasons why this book was chosen. You know, um, in a day and time where it's easy to turn away from your neighbor, to not help somebody, um, seeing somebody yeah. for their humanity, and being able to love them through the power of Christ um, or through whoever God in which you serve, right? Um, But the concept should be the same. Take care of your fellow man and your fellow woman. Um, And those solutions, we need to have stories like this from those marginalized populations for the people who are not at the top of these hierarchical systems because it takes everybody. It does. And there's more than one individual who is going through these situations so if we can listen if we can come together if we can truly examine the humanity of somebody which i why another reason why i love this book Mm -hmm. because it's a full analysis from both authors of his entire life not just those moments that led up to that tragic event but from when he was a kid and living up into texas and then going through so many things up to that moment where he was crying out for breath I think the book really sums it up with a great quote, you know. Um, he touched the world because he was just another person wanting to breathe. Yeah, And, and he as somebody, cried out
0: to his mom. He
1: cried out to his mom, you know. But as somebody who, it goes through day-to-day life myself, even though, we, thank God, it could be worse, right? Yeah. Um, at some point, if not for an extended time, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. At that point, to where we was like, "Oh, life is just lifeing really hard on me right now." Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. That's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And yeah. it's it's
1: mm-hmm. like I just want to breathe, you know. So I think people can relate to that aspect, um, as well as so many others within the book. But it, again, it goes back to community, right? How many people in Memphis, especially, are just looking for those moments, those time frames, somebody who maybe who could reach out. And just say, it's okay, take a breath.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Take a breath. And then we'll go through this together, right? To find some commonality, to find some solution so both of us can keep going, you know? Right. Um, communities are stronger when we all come together.
0: Yeah. And sometimes we can come together and. Just mourn, yeah, and breathe, yeah. You know, we're all we're all inhaling that same uh, pool of oxygen, yes. Um, and I think that there's something to say for the breath as a prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and just experiencing God in whatever iteration uh, we. And, and just in, inhaling that get kind of reminds us of our humanity and the humanity of the person of our community and the people mm-hmm. sitting next to us. Mm-hmm. How I, you work with young people and people who are preparing for maybe the next right thing right. in their life. And you spend a lot of time with young people. Um, how has it been in the last few years?
1: I love it. Yeah, I love it. Like that's anybody who knows me knows that I have a soft spot for kids and youth. Yeah, um,
0: and not just the ones you work with No. with your. Little ones, too. Yeah. I, well, they're not so little, but they are. They're <laughs> always going to be your babies. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter.
1: You know, they could have full mustaches at this point and still yeah. be my babies. But They're
0: on the other side of this uh, uh, <laughs> glass wall, and they're both just kind of chilling while Dad's uh, in here in the in the booth.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, he's, he's sign language in me right I now. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but, um, yes, I mean, like, working with, with youth... Um, and young adults, and it's just amazing because one, they keep you on your toes, mm-hmm. which I think is just, is one of the most important things. But two, um, because of that, right, it constantly asks me to adapt and to be humble and to be empathetic. Um, you know, because the things that they experience right now are so different from what we experience as kids, and yeah. it's it's almost drastic. You know, yeah, absolutely. Very rapid how fast this change went, right? Because um, I remember growing up, Facebook just started, right? Mm -hmm. But I also remember where you had to ask people, okay, which landmark or shell station do you live by? Yeah, (laughs) you know,
0: I still do that. I think that helps me show my age. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, so I don't know what street I'm on, but just tell me what the landmark is, and I'll be there.
1: There you go. There you go. But yes, I mean it's. It's been amazing. Um, I think that is something that, that two things I would like to say specifically about our youth, wherever they may be, but especially down here within our, our population of Memphis and the mid-south. Um, one, they will perform at any bar that you put those but you put them to. So I encourage anybody working with you, set the bar extremely high. Yeah. You will be surprised how talented, how knowledgeable, how quickly they're able to adapt, especially if they have the right people and resources around them. Mm -hmm. Um, My students surprise me every day at CBU and they continue to be amazing, you know? And it just, it brings a smile to me, um, but it excites me too, because I know eventually whether they stay in Memphis or whether they go somewhere else, they're carrying a little piece of me and everybody else who has impacted their life, and out of that, they're going to impact so many others. You know, so setting that bar high. But the other thing too is is give them a shot. Yeah. Give them a shot. You know, um, we sometimes we kind of like to hold on to things. The great thing about kids and youth is that they constantly challenge you to change. They yes. challenge you to think yes. a little bit deeper. And that's so much needed because we can't be in a complacent society. Yeah, Life is always moving. It's always adapting. It's always shifting around us. These kids, uh, the youth in which we mentor, and which we bring up, those are the individuals not only that's going to help us to make a better future, but those are the individuals also going to keep us connected to that future. Yeah, because
0: they're already living in it. And we are too, but they are... Invested in it in oh, a way yeah. that we, you know, I'm a I'm a millennial, um, and just being around young people, I, I I do believe that we, no matter what your age is, no mm-hmm. matter what generation you 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 know slot yourself in, mm-hmm. um, we all want the same things. We're all living in this, we're all swimming in the pool together. Yep. But I feel like there is a pulse that young people um experience that it, it, it it's personal for them in a yeah. way that it may not be personal just yet for the rest of us right um i remember last week when mm. we were at the barth house and um one of the students who you brought who attended who shared their testimony caleb. about caleb jones is that his name caleb? that's
1: it shout out to caleb
0: I have been thinking about Caleb since that night that we heard from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shared he's a a young black man, mm-hmm. and just sharing about how, uh, especially in you know, in the context of reading about George Floyd mm-hmm. and we we hear, hear so much about. The policing of the black body Mm -hmm. and um, and I you know I'm not a black person but I I understand to an extent what that's like because I'm a woman Mm -hmm. I live in a woman's body and there's a certain policing of the woman's body and the way that he honored that statement and spoke to that statement was not necessarily in terms of um, the incarcerial system, but policing the body in that he, he objectified Mm. objectification and the feeling that you can be touched and you can be um, uh, commented on and that you are giving access to your body to the world, but you're not. And the way that he was able that he articulated that I, I have never, it, it just, it pierced my heart.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole, but it's like, I had to hear it from Caleb's experience. I had to hear him say it Mm -hmm. as a black man. Yeah. And it was beautiful and and Maggie and I were both just like just he left us with a lot to consider and a lot to consider continue working on in our own hearts and I can only imagine what it's like just to be around people like that i mean what a what a gift it's a difficult mm-hmm. gift well, yeah. young people are are a difficult gift because they make us face our own shortcomings, yeah. so yeah. Um, that speaks a lot to you, that that's where you spend your days.
1: Yeah, I love it, though. And, you know, Maggie, said something that is so um, important, right? Um, And I think it, it applies not just to young people, just to any difference, you know, in population. And the reason why you should go out and do service, why you should be engaged with your community and be in these diverse crowds, they force us to reflect on ourselves, right? Yeah. And they challenge us to say, okay, what can I do a little better, right? Um, and when you do that, you'll be surprised two things, uh, two ways, I say. Um, you'll be surprised first by who you meet and those relationships you build in that diversity, the things that will maybe last you a lifetime. But then the second thing is, you'll be surprised at yourself, right? And especially what God releases to you in those moments. Um, sometimes, as you sp- kind of spoke of earlier, right? He takes us through these valleys and these hills, and we're like, "Lord, maybe this ain't the the right way. It, it's kind of scary down there. It looks dark. You know, it's kind of like those Halloween paths, yeah. branches sticking yeah. out, scarecrows. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to go down there. Yeah, but
0: it's the valley of the shadow.
1: Right. But know? if you if you Especially if you have somebody with you, oh, man, when you go through there and you come out the other side and you see that joy, you see the growth, you see what you built together, right, and it's all through the glory of Christ, it comes back and it just washes over you with so much favor, so many blessings, things that you could never expect. Like for what we started, at, right, and coming into community engagement. Yeah. I, I couldn't – I tell, I say this often to my colleagues – God has a script that you just can't make up. That's you right. just can't make up. You couldn't guess That's it. Right. You know, you could put a good parlay on it on DraftKings or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you, you probably won't make that that hit or all that bad. But if you just give it a shot, if you give our young people a shot, if you give our communities a shot, truly embrace them and embed yourself in them, you will be surprised how far God would take us all. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amen to that, Justin Brooks. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you all for having us, for having me, and, and you I, know, yeah,
0: we're doing the royal we. I, I, it's just us in the room, but thanks for coming and talking to me. That's
1: that community engagement, just so inclusive. I, yeah, right? yeah.
0: We we tend to. Here it is again. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Um, yeah, we're 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 we've got our people on our shoulders. That's right. We're we're here because. Uh, other people have um put us where we are and yeah. we're hoping to keep standing up that's for right. them that's right um any last words
1: i just want to say thank you all again for having me um uh, shout out to memphis shout out to cbu yeah. Yeah. um big shout out to Barth house and all the wonderful things going on over there and um you know one another thing i just want to say as well um If anybody would like to attend, we will be having the authors of His Name is George Ford Down. And they'll be with us on October 25th at CBU. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a free and public event. There is an in-person as well as a live stream. If you just search within any of your search bars, uh, Google, Firefox, AOL. I don't know if anybody uses AOL still.
0: I mean, I'm sure that there's somebody. Got to be somebody out there.
1: But whatever it may be, yeah, yeah. (laughs) search CBU Reads. Um, there is a registration link on that website. Feel free to register. Feel free to come on out. Meet the authors. It'll have a Q&A. So if you want to ask some important questions, this is a safe space. Again, we're trying to build community one book at a time. Yeah. And if you miss us on the 25th, come to Rhodes on the 26th. We'll see you there. We look forward to, you know, fellowshipping even more with Memphis. And, again, thank you, Emily, just for having us. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. Thank you, Justin. WYXR is supported by Independent Bank, celebrating 25 years of sharing stories, building dreams, and serving heroically. More information regarding how iBank can help you achieve your financial dreams at i-bankonline.com. Member of FDIC. Thank you so much for joining us today for Faithfully Memphis. Um, if you want to listen to past episodes, you can find all of those, um, by just looking for the Faithfully Memphis podcast or an Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, all those places. Um, if you liked what you heard today, share it with a friend and yeah. I am so grateful for this community that we are a part of, and I'm grateful for you for listening today. Until next week, please stay safe. Please stay positive. Bye.